the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. It's trade season, and this team is actually competitive, so I feel like this is a more fun exercise this year as opposed to the past couple of years. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher as well, and Alex Weiner covers the team at ArizonaSports.com. Today is going to be a podcast that accompanies our trades we'd like to see the Diamondbacks make. This is something that, Bear, you and I have been doing this for the last couple of years. This year, the three of us tackled three trades each that we'd like to see the Diamondbacks make. Um kind of separate from each other but some of these feasibly could be done in tandem and we're going to uh, have that all available for you in a two-part series at arizonasports.com that you can read along maybe you're reading along right now and you're hearing the podcast attached to it Um, so we're going to go around the room and do that first some quick context because i do feel this is important the diamondbacks placed merrill kelly on the 15-day il And that complicates things because this is a team that has built itself around basically a top-heavy rotation with him and Zach Gallen. And now, without Merrill Kelly, that's going to complicate things. Yeah, so Merrill is going to be on the 15-day IL. They're hoping it's not too, too much longer than that. But he has a small blood clot in his lower right leg, which is something the D-backs dealt with last season with Ian Kennedy. And that's what Torrey Lovello kind of compared it to. Kennedy was back really soon after the 15 days. I believe it was on the 16th day that he got activated. That's what the Diamondbacks are hoping for. But even best case scenario, that's three rounds through the rotation, I believe, maybe two and a half rounds through the rotation where they're not going to have him. So, you know, the short term answer is simply it it seems like Brandon Fott is the likely candidate to just slip in. Uh, That would be on Thursday against the Rays because Zach Davies is set to start Wednesday. Uh, They don't have anybody announced for Thursday, and Torrey Lavella already said Tommy Henry's not going to pitch until the Angels series over the weekend, which pushes him back a couple of days for some reason. But regardless, it seems like Brandon Fott's going to be the the interim solution there. And I thought I heard Gambo say he suspected Fott for Friday. Maybe I'm— Thursday. Is it Thursday? Okay. was saying maybe Thursday. I'm probably misquoting him on that one. My bad. I think Gambo did. Maybe Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. But But he seems to be the guy who's going to fill the role. I would assume so. I mean, it just seems logical. He's already in-house. He's already been up once. Um, This does complicate things with the whole Zach Davies not being good thing. They kind of need Zach Davies now to keep pitching, uh, to eat some innings. We keep calling him an innings eater. We all know what that means. It's the polite way of saying you're not really that good, you give but up you're like available. Four or five runs a game, but you'll pitch five innings. But but yeah, they, they kind of need Zach Davies. Hopefully he's able to bounce back. And honestly, I mean, losing Merrill Kelly is huge. So I think this might propel Mike Hazen to make a trade, uh, maybe make it earlier than he would normally make it. It's just really hard right now because there are teams that we look at like, you know, the the Cubs or the Guardians. I think we're going to talk about these teams a little in a little bit, but that are still quote unquote in it in their terrible divisions so it'd be hard to maybe to get some of those teams to trade right now because they don't know if they're going to sell right okay so some important context before we do the trades right i think you have to put this season in context of where the team is where some of the other teams are around the league before we talk about each of our individual trades is that fair yeah i mean i think it's gonna be really hard to get deals done this year particularly and it's way too early it's to Cody's point, you want to have something done now to try to fill in those gaps, but it, it it seems too early because, to his point, there are too many teams still in it. And let's just look at the AL East like in a vacuum. The Detroit Tigers, who have a couple of guys who would potentially be interesting in trades, are 10 games under five hundred, But they're only four games back of the division in one really good series. <laughs> so put bad. them right back in it. Right. Uh, in the NL uh, Central, like we mentioned, the two Central divisions. The Pirates are six games under five hundred, but they're only five games back. The Cardinals are twelve games under five hundred, but they're only eight games back. If they have a hot Ju- uh, July, that's a team with a lot of veteran talent that teams may be calling about potential trades that may no longer be interested in dealing off some of those pieces if they think they can win the division. So it's a it's a seller's market for sure, and I think it's going to be really hard to get a deal done, especially now. So. Uh, yeah, this is going to be. It's interesting how Mike Hazen and company will approach this trade deadline season because right now it seems kind of hard fetched to believe something big is going to drop before 
especially before the All-Star break. Tack on the fact that you have expanded playoffs. I mean, there's really maybe four or five teams around the league that I think we can look at and and solidly say they're going to be sellers. But those teams don't really have a lot to offer either. Maybe some of them will pop up in our trades. Um, As an organization, the farm system, it's not bad. It's not as good as it was a year or two ago because, quite frankly, they brought a lot of those guys up. Um, So it's a top-heavy farm system, in my opinion. You've got two super prospects in Jordan Lawler and Drew Jones, who's injured again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Again. 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 You've got second-tier prospects, most of which are in double or triple A. So the good news is a lot of their better prospects are proving themselves at the higher levels of the minors. You don't have a lot going on in the low minors, in my opinion. Um, got Christian Robinson down there. Yeah, you do. I don't <laughs> know. Interesting. How, I don't interesting. know how much teams are going to be interested in him, but I guess we can discuss that. Needs for this team, especially now that Merrill Kelly's out for we don't know how long. Starting pitcher, three, four, five in the yep. rotation, all kind of up for grabs at some point. A closer or a high end reliever of sorts would be something that we'll probably consider. And maybe a big bat, but the problem is, we, Alex and I were talking about this earlier, we don't really know what position we'd be asking them to play because they're actually kind of solid at every position mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. With that in mind, let's get into some of our trade ideas. Bear, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm going to start with, I mentioned the Cubs earlier. Um, this is my number one guy that I want, and I don't know if, if this will ever happen because, you know, like I said, the Cubs are still kind of in the division in the NL Central. I mean, their owner came out <laughs> the their owner came out the other day and said that at this moment, at the time he was talking, they were buyers. Um, but I want Marcus Stroman uh, from the Chicago Cubs. Um, and I just put out, you know, just throwing some names out there. I I think it, you could get maybe him for uh, Bryce Jarvis and another prospect, maybe an, another prospect or two. Uh, Marcus Stroman is on uh, an expiring deal because he's, he's having a real – I say expiring because he has a player option, but I don't anticipate him picking that option up because he's having a really good season and he could opt into free agency and get maybe a bigger deal or maybe a more long-term deal. He's 9-5 and five right now with a 2.47 ERA, um, 85 strikeouts and 102 innings pitched, a 1.08 whip in 17 starts. Um, he just, I think he would bring just a, a tenacity to this rotation. He's got this swag about him this year. He, he's having a great year and he, and he knows it. He's very confident right now. Um, and especially with Merrill Kelly being injured. I mean, not saying that Mike Hayes is going to swing a deal yet. It, we're not even at the all-star break and the trade deadlines at August 1st now, I believe. So we're, we're still a month away from the trade deadline, but uh, we'll see what happens in the NL central, the AL central as well. We'll see what happens with the Cubs. Maybe they get hot. Maybe they don't. Maybe they decide to sell. Who knows? But if they do, I think you got to call the Cubs. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of teams are going to call the Cubs about Marcus Stroman, and I hope. I hope the D-backs are one of them. I'm like you. I'm not sold that the Cubs are going to be sellers, uh, especially the way that Tom Ricketts has been talking. I think it would take more than that to get him. Probably. I, agree. I mean, Stroman's Especially a top market. five starting pitcher in baseball this year. And I, I know he's figured, not viewed I that way. I just figured if he's, if he's most likely going to be a pure rental, yeah. you might have to might not have to give up like a top, top prospect, but... I actually think Mike off. Hazen and the Diamondbacks are partially responsible for people devaluing the rental player because they got J.D. Martinez so cheap a couple right. years back, and everyone's like, well, just dump a couple of players we don't need and get yeah, a good rental. Yeah. And, and they had, and they got not, him way before the deadline too, so yeah, they had him for longer. That's just not how it works. Uh, also, I'll, I'll I'll just bring up the elephant in the room: Can Stroman and Bob Brenly coexist? How often though are they going to be interacting? <laughs> Bob Brenly doesn't do like I know what you're talking about the whole the do rag comment from a couple years ago. But I'm thinking that's blown over by now. But. Maybe and like Bob Brenly's not doing. Like interviews with the players, I'm sure he talks to some of the players, like Probably. most of the team employees do, but and broadcasters do. But I mean, he's not like going down in the locker room and talking to pitchers and you know all that stuff for, for media purposes. For his own sake, he might. But yeah, that would be interesting. He'd be like, "Hey, man, hey, weren't you the guy that said?" Something about Marcus Stroman is certainly uh, very vocal, especially yes, on Twitter. Last thoughts on the Stroman idea. I mean, it would be Here's great. where Alex derails it. Here it comes. I think it would be great. 
I just it's it's so hard to see it happening at this point just because the Cubs are right there. Yeah. Uh, and because if they do fall off a little bit, and maybe this podcast should be partly like teams to root against if you're yeah, a Diamondbacks exactly, fan over exactly. the next month. Yeah, it's be like, perfect. oh my gosh, if the if the Guardians lose ten of the next eleven games You're or something like that, for losing streaks. right there, yeah. honestly. Um, but Stroman's a guy who misses barrels. He's been a very consistent kind of mid threes FIP guy over the last few years. Uh, I think it would be a great addition. I just it, it seems like it would be a little far fetched given where the Cubs are at and where the market is at. I think it would cost a lot for the Diamondbacks to potentially do this, even for a rental. So. I think this would be a great idea, but this is one of those where if you're a Diamondbacks fan and you want Stroman, you better root against the Cubs for the next couple of weeks. All right, Alex, give us uh, one of your three trade ideas. Okay, I'll start with, uh, let's go with Jordan Montgomery. I'll, I'll stay with a starting pitcher. And with Montgomery, again, also a rental, a little bit uh, less famous of a name, but a similarly rock-solid pitcher. I mean, he's getting over five and a half innings per start this season. Since 2021, when he became a full-time MLB starter, he's had a mid-three ZRA, doesn't have overwhelming stuff, but he gets outs, he misses barrels. And for the Cardinals right now, this might be a team, that might be a pivot team, where you know they don't trade like somebody like a Paul Goldschmidt or a Nolan Arenado or somebody who's going to continue to be part of the core, but maybe somebody like Montgomery, who's an upcoming free agent, might be somebody on the block if the Cardinals continue to falter the way that they are. They're 33 and 45. They're only eight games back somehow, but it hasn't been a great season for them. They've been six and four the last 10 games. It's been a little bit better, but they're going to have to be a lot better in order to climb back in. So I, the Jordan Montgomery, to me, is somebody who could be traded if anybody's going to be from that team. Uh, and is just a solidifying left-handed starting pitcher in your rotation. Not a star, but solid. Yeah, it would balance out your rotation, seeing as how they DFA'd Madison Bumgarner, they traded Robbie Ray a few years ago. Tommy Henry's the only lefty. He is. And it's not that you need balance in your rotation, it's just kind of nice to have Yeah, yeah. to alternate games so that other teams have to alternate their lineup. Right. Um, I do wonder, though, Mike Hazen has expressed in the past his desire for controllable years on players and like you mentioned he just doesn't have that thoughts on Jordan Montgomery um I think he has potential to be really good I think we saw that when he first got traded to the Cardinals from the Yankees last year in that kind of weird out of nowhere trade when the Yankees needed pitching but yet they traded one of their starting pitchers um and they got Harrison Bader back from the Cardinals um I think I mean, I don't know. I'm. I, he doesn't really do a lot for me. He's not the the splashy name, but this team might not need a big splashy name. He'd probably come cheaper than. Well, he'd sure. definitely come cheaper. Oh yeah, than Stroman. he'd be definitely cheaper than Stroman. Stroman's just having a ridiculous year so far. Yeah. But um, I I wouldn't be against it. It depends on what prospects or whatever you got to give back. But um, yeah, the Cardinals are an interesting team to look at because I mean, do they trade a guy like Jack Flaherty too? I don't know, but. Maybe. I mean, he he was their ace at one point, so um, I, I wouldn't be against Jordan Montgomery. Let me hit you guys with this idea, okay? Um, because I think we're all in agreement that they need to add to their starting rotation somehow. I think we're going to hear a lot of pitchers' names today. Both of your ideas are bigger pie in the sky ideas. This is a supplemental idea. <laughs> I think Zach, if our two first ideas don't work out. No, no, no. I think even if you did either of your deals, oh, you do you this do one in addition okay, to it. Okay. I think Zach Granke is a better fit for the Diamondbacks now than when he <laughs> signed his mega contract back in, what was that, 2015? Or was it 2015? Yeah, I think it was. December Something of 2015. Like wow, I, I just, I, I think he's 38 or 39 years old. We all get it. He's not the same Zach Granke he was. But the Royals are one of the very few teams we talked about that are definitely going to be in position to sell. I think he probably signed with the Royals trying to have a full circle career moment where he can retire and ride sure. off into the sunset with the sure. team he started with. But if you're Granky and you're the Royals and the Royals can get literally anything, I mean, a low level prospect for Granky maybe even they'd be that could be worth it to them. Why not come back to the desert? You don't have the $200 million contract looming over your head. You don't have the constant trade rumors over your head. And the expectations for Granky would be really minimal. Instead of asking him to be your ace, you're asking him to be your fourth or fifth starter. And this guy's made, uh, what was the stat I had in the article? It was at least, at least 26 starts in every single season since 2008. He Minus really the COVID hurt. Yeah. He's consistent. He's available. And he's still pretty good. 
he's still got a pretty good whip this season. So, like, I think Zach Granke you could get for very minimal from a team that's going to be open to selling some pieces. And I think he could come back to a familiar place. And I think he fits better now than he did when he signed. It's an interesting idea. And you could do it on top of a trade for yeah, it, another starter. That would be a trade, like, if that was the only guy that they got, I would be kind of disappointed. Yeah. Um, but if it was an add-on to a, a Montgomery or a Strowman, and we'll get into more pitchers, I'm sure, later. but um, We're only going to talk about pitchers, <laughs> it turns out. Nobody had a bat. I don't think Nobody anybody a had a bat. Oh, no. my gosh. Well, no. I guess they don't really need it. makes sense. Anyway, yeah. but, I mean, it would kind of be – it would have that story with it, too, like Granky coming back to Arizona. I love a good narrative. Where he spent, <laughs> where he spent a lot of his time uh, a good – and, honestly, Zach Granky was good here when he – you know, he – I think the contract – and the results of what the teams did while he was here kind of diminished his tenure with the Diamondbacks. He had a bad first year, too. Yeah, he had a really bad first year. Yeah. But in 2017, he standards. was fantastic um, when they made the playoffs and won the wild. He wasn't good in that wild card game either. That kind of left the bad taste in people's mouths. But, um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be upset by that. I would be fine with it as long as it was an additional move to another pitcher coming in. Um. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't know. It, it'd be fun for uh in the, for the clubhouse maybe to have Zach Greinke. I, I don't know what he does as for a the guy dynamic. who goes and talks to the players too. Yeah, like that would Alex be, does. That would be kind of fun to interview an Greinke. Interesting dynamic for sure. Um, Greinke's had been fine this year. I mean, the walk rate always is low, and it continues to be low. And that might be something that they need. We talked about Zach Davies earlier, and Zach Davies. A big problem with him recently has been the walks have gone up. And when he's missing over the plate, it's right over the plate. And so with Granky, and, and Davies is a guy who maybe can find his way out of that, but Granky doesn't really have those problems as far as the walks are concerned. He's in the 99th percentile for walk rate in the league. It's it's <laughs> kind of incredible how consistently he's good at that. Yeah, I, I agree that this this could be a decent depth move for them. Maybe it's one that they can make sooner rather than later, just because the Royals are like one of four teams that like are definitely not making the playoffs this year. So. Narrative-wise, it makes some sense. He can add a little bit of depth. He's not a front-end guy anymore, but he doesn't need to be. Uh, the more I thought about this, because w- when you first submitted this, I was like, what? Are you serious? He's yeah, 39. you literally texted me. You're like, Granky, really? He's 39 <laughs> years old. I still kind of think like that. Yeah. And if they do make a different move for a pitcher, I'm not sure how many in the rotation they need. I think Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson are both looking better and better as they go along the season. Would you I'm rather sure. have Granky or Nelson? Nelson. Fair? Granky mm. or Nelson? Oh, that's tough. Because I think you can get Granky and put okay. Nelson either in the bullpen <laughs> or in the minors and then next year reset and it, start the Nelson comes, experiment again. For me, I think comes, you could do that. It comes with a caveat. If you could tell me that Ryan Nelson is going to be what he was in San Francisco in his last start, then I would take Ryan Nelson. Okay, fair enough. Well, that was his best start of the season. It was uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an unreasonable expectation. Probably, no, it's right? not. It shouldn't be. To be his best he's capable, over yes. and over and over? He's capable of doing that, and at his best, be he's close to that. Pitcher. Be close to that. Fair enough. Be consistently around that performance he had in San Francisco. I mean, he still I is would take in, Nelson. in the first half, well, not for long, but at the time of recording this, so in the first half of his rookie season, um, and with Granke, sort of, you know, I don't know if this is going to be his last year, but at 39 years old, I mean, you kind of know what seen, you're going to get out of Granky. He kind of seems like the guy who'd be like, I want to pitch till I'm 45. Maybe. Like, Maybe. he seems like Tom I Brady he, that I way. think you could trade for him, finish out the year, retire, join the front office. As a scout. Or... He's always done higher that. than that, maybe. He's always done that type of Or special type of assistant to Mike Hazen Mike or Hazen something. Mike Hazen always... Talks about that. how, like, when they would do the draft, Granky would be like, hey, you got that high school guy from this area. Yep. He's really good. Where <laughs> would you rather live yeah. if you're going to be doing that? You'd rather do it here. Sure. I don't know his relationship with the front office in Kansas City. I'm sure it's great, too, but I, I think it could work. Bear, you're next. Um, I, It's another splashy one from me. Um, and It's another team that I don't know if they're going to sell yet because their division is so bad. Uh, Shane Bieber from the Cleveland Guardians, um, and I just put down. I, I'm okay. I'm just asterisk. I'm really bad at this whole. Like, I don't know who they should trade for these guys. I just want them to go trade for them. So I, <laughs> I just picked because I think the Guardians ne- have needed outfielders for a while. I put Dominic Canzone and Slade Coney for Shane Bieber. 
Um, and partly because Shane Bieber has another year of control. Um, he's he's under club control through next season. Um, he is 28 years old. This year he's 5-5, five and five, a 3.69 ERA in 16 starts. The, 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 the issue with Shane Bieber is that his strikeout number has really fallen in the past couple of years. He has 77 strikeouts and 100 innings pitched even, a one uh, 1.23 ERA. Uh, I'm sorry, whip. Um, so, I mean, it, and the thing with Shane Bieber is, you know, the Diamondbacks wouldn't be asking him to come in and be their ace. They already have one of those. He might not even need to be their number two if Merrill Kelly comes back fully healthy from this leg issue he's got. So I think that kind of takes pressure off of Shane Bieber in that way because he is the number one guy in Cleveland, um, along with, you know, a Tristan McKenzie, who might be your two, but he's hurt too right now. So, um, I think maybe a change of scenery would be good for Shane Bieber. Um, it would be kind of difficult to give up Dominic Canzone because he's having a great year in the minor leagues. Um, he's one of your top prospects, he's, but he's not on the 40-man roster right now either. Um, and then I think they have a decent amount of starting pitching depth they could go trade from, and Slade Coney is just a guy that I kind of was looking at through their top 30 prospects as a guy like, hey, maybe they could just, you know, he's might be, you know, a guy that they are able to trade. But I think Shane Bieber, I, like I said, I want Stroman first, but Shane Bieber would be a nice uh, consolation prize, I think. And again, I'll say it just, you know, one more time. Not sure that the Guardians will be selling because the uh, AL Central is pretty bad. Here's what I like about your idea. The Guardians are the one team in baseball that's really good at flipping their starting pitchers at the absolute optimum moment. They did it with Corey Kluber. They've done it with Mike Clevenger. They've done it with a bunch of guys where they move off of pitchers before they their value just plummets. Mm-hmm. They're really good at it. The Rays are actually really good at that, too. It's a classic don't trade with the Rays, but also don't trade with the Guardians. Yeah, <laughs> for pitching, at least. And But the General. part that I don't like about it is that I think... When we talk about these pitchers who won Cy Youngs in the last couple of years, and we're going to talk about another one here in a minute or two, um, like Bieber, who has another year of control, I think that they should, Cleveland should start by asking for Brandon Fott, if it's a pitcher they want, or some combination of either Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas. I think that Cleveland will likely reach higher than Dominic Canzone, who is good. He's hitting well in the minors, but he's not on the 40-man, so we kind of know he's available in some ways. Slade Ciccone just hasn't proven anything yet at the minor league level to me. So I think Cleveland would shoot higher. And are you willing to give up a core piece in your outfield like an Alec Thomas or a Jake McCarthy to get a solidified starting pitcher? I think that's the argument that it would come down to. Yeah, especially when it comes to just stature in the league. Yeah. Shane Bieber is a guy who everybody knows. He won the Cy Young in the, the 2020 shortened season. He's had a couple of really great years. This year he's been good, not great. And are you willing to pay potential ace price for somebody who has been good, not great for a couple of years? Um, Bieber would add a lot to this rotation. He, he as you know, as Cody mentioned, as like a number three behind Gallon and Kelly, that would be tremendous to have as far as depth is concerned. But yeah, in this market, it's going to cost a lot to get him, and I'm not sure this is the right time for him necessarily in his career, but maybe it's an opportunity to put him with Brent Strom, and they can find something to get him back to elite status. But also with Cleveland, they are tied for the division lead right now. The (laughs) halfway point of the season. They are 38 and 40, and they are tied for the division lead. So that's another caveat. I do think you're right, though, Bear. I think he will get traded at some point. I just believe that as a strategy for the for the Guardians. Okay, Alex, what do you got? All right, let's go to my bigger one or my lesser known one first. I'll go with the bigger one first, just because keep people engaged here. Uh, Corbin Burns is the next one that I had on there, kind of as like the home run swing. Somebody who I'm dubious that he'll get traded now. It seems more like if the Brewers are going to do it, it would probably be in the offseason when he still has a year left. But if he they do somehow move off of him, that is an ace pitcher who could potentially be on the market. Now it's going to cost a ton to get him. That would be kind of an all-in move for the Diamondbacks to build their rotation around Gallon, Kelly, Burns the next couple of years and, you know, minor league depth be damned kind of a deal. But, I mean, and I know Burns has had a rocky season for his standards, and he got kind of hit around pretty solidly by the Diamondbacks when they faced him last week. But he had been pitching very well ahead of that start. 
Uh, in seven starts ahead of that, he'd had a 307 ERA and been looking like Corbin Burns again. So, again, this would be a very, very expensive and very, very uh, sort of bold move to make. But figured if we're doing this exercise, why yeah. not shoot for the stars on one of them? Right. Uh, Bear, thoughts on Corbin Burns? I mean, it would be a huge get. I mean, that guy's an ace. The guy's a Cy Young candidate pretty much every year. Um, again, well, this is NL Central, and they're, the Milwaukee Brewers are 41-38, and 38, only a half game out of the division. They are, they are farther out from a wild card spot than they are from the division lead. Probably substantially, right? They're three and a half games yeah. out of, of the third wild card spot where the Dodgers currently sit. And they are a half game out of the division lead in the NL Central because, you know, the Reds caught on fire and were red hot. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, it would if they want to sell, yeah, that would be a huge swing. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know exactly what you'd have to give up for those, that type of guy. A ton. That would probably take Fott a lot and more. And one of those outfielders. Probably a more. major league outfielder like you guys were saying. Yeah. Um, and probably even a couple more prospects after that. Um, does Corbin Burns have uh, control after this year? Yeah, he's in the same track as Bieber is. So one more year? Yeah. One okay. more arbitration year. All-in yeah. move on this year okay. and next so year. So you'd have a full season of Corbin Burns next year before Correct. he hits free agency. Which would so. make him even more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So if they're willing to do it, cool. I mean, I love Corbin Burns. Um, I just don't know if they're going to, you know, shoot for the stars this year with that type of stuff. Maybe it's more so the mid-level guys they're going to be aggressive with. I don't know, but, I mean, that sure would, uh, you know, shock everyone, I think. It depends where they think they are. Right, it, right. It's like, do they think, you know, obviously they're ahead of schedule as far as, like, building from within, getting to a point where you're competitive and then maybe a contender. Now they're at their first place halfway through the season. Granted, it's halfway through the season. You never know what can happen in the second half. Yeah. But if they think that, okay— the Dodgers are in a little bit of a vulnerable place this year. The Padres have been a little bit dysfunctional this year. This is our time to the go Mets do are it. falling apart. Yeah, this is the time to go do it, and next year it could be similar. Then that's one strategy. But if they also think that our best chance to win a pennant is with some of the guys who are on the cusp and in a couple of years and keep the progression that they're on, and they just sort of do a... You know, bring in some guys for depth to help round out the rotation without significantly altering the look of the organizational depth. That's another deal. I don't think the Brewers would trade a mid-year because last yeah, year. I kinda agree with that. Last too. year they moved Josh Hader and it ticked off the whole fan base. They tanked. Yeah, they tanked. Not, <laughs> they, not even the fan base, but the well, clubhouse. Too. But people were mad at the Brewers. They're like, "This is one of the best left-handed relievers the game has seen recently. Yep. Why are you getting rid of him so early?" And then they did it again when, in the offseason, they went to arbitration with Corbin Burns, and he went through the process. Uh, I think he probably should have just let his agent handle it because he had to hear some hard truths, and the team basically told him, "We didn't like that you failed us in the postseason." Even though you they were so good, and so it ticked him off. They bl- were blaming his play down the stretch for why they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, last and year. that's an arbitration. He was it's bad, a lawyer but thing. Yeah, it's a lawyer thing. The, arbi- to try to the make arbitration less money. process is just so stupid. But it like, pissed him off. Yeah. So I don't think the Brewers would trade him mid-year because I don't think they want a third strike on their resume <laughs> with the fan base. If you're gonna trade him, trade him in the off season when it's not gonna impact ticket sales. That's my opinion. And right now, it's more likely. And right now, yeah. they're, I mean, obviously, like we were talking about, they're still in the division hunt and everything in the wild card, too. They don't have Brandon Woodruff right now to fall back on either. It's just Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta and some other guys. And Julio Tehran, of yeah. all people, is having a re- renaissance season. Um, but yeah, they don't have that, like, a 1A ace to fall back on. Woodruff's been on the 60 day injury list for almost the whole season. So I don't know if they would be willing to sacrifice or give up Burns when they're still in the hunt, you know? I'll give you the trade that I want to happen the most. This is the player I want the most okay. for the Diamondbacks. Okay. You would probably move somebody like Dominic Canzone, who's one of the best hitters in the minor leagues this year, even though he's not on the 40-man for the D-backs. You trade him to the Yankees for Ron Marinaccio. Now, that's a name that I don't think many people know because he's a middle reliever for the Yankees. He's not Michael King. 
Uh, he's not who are the who are the other pitchers that they're in love with in New York for no reason. Like they've got a bunch of dudes that are just like always rotating in at close. Clay Holmes, yeah, Clay Holmes. They have all these guys. I'm telling you, Ron Marinaccio is the best of them, and they continue to blow it by using him in the middle of games in sixth and seventh inning appearances. He's got a 2.58 ERA since he got called up last year. He's got a 1.10 WHIP. Those are just the base numbers. His stat cast page is awesome. Uh, I think that this is an opportunity for one of those rare trades where you give some other team what they need and they give you what you need. And Mike Hazen's gotten really good at those deals. See the Dalton Varsho trade from the offseason where you gave up a really good player, but you got two really solid players back and it worked out for both sides. I don't think the Yankees should want to move Marinaccio. He's got a ton of years of control left. He's a good pitcher. But the thing is, I think the Yankees might be looking to move off of a middle relief guy if they can get somebody they believe can hold down the fort in the outfield until Aaron Judge is healthier, until Giancarlo Stanton figures things out. They're running an outfield right now of a bunch of misfit dudes, and I think the Yankees would probably want to take a stab at one of the best hitters in AAA. And they're, and they're not sure when Judge is going to come back. I mean, he has a torn— I don't think Judge knows. He has a torn— he, Yeah, he told the media— what last week that he wasn't sure he, but he's going to try to come back this year and he has that torn ligament in his toe thanks to Dodger Stadium's terrible bullpen wall that broke I mean he's a big dude so I don't know um, but yeah I mean middle really uh, the, the team does need bullpen help too we've been kind of focusing on starters but they I mean every team in the playoff hunt needs relief pitching forget about roles this guy's one of the best pitchers, one of the best relief pitchers in the game. Now, He's being used the wrong way. Do you think he should be, I don't want to say the closer, because I don't think this team is is down with that term, um, but would he be a late-inning guy to you? I, I think he could you, be a late-inning guy. You think the Yankees are misusing him in the middle innings? I think I'd saying. continue to use Scott McGuff in the closer's role. He's been really good. I know they're not going to call it that, but I'd probably just let him continue on the groove that he's got. Yeah. But I think Marinaccio is solid. I think he's great. I've fallen in love with him. He'd at least be the, an option. Yeah. In case. And nobody's Aaron Judge, right? Like Nobody right. can yeah. come in and step in and fill those shoes immediately, but maybe the Yankees would be willing to give up a middle relief guy, of all things, for a hitter who's dominating AAA and doesn't seem to have a path forward to the major leagues in Arizona. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Marinaccio, is, the stuff is really good. I mean, the fastball change-up sweeper combination has been great for them so far this season. I mean, the sweeper in particular, uh, is, he's just consistently missing bats. And you're right, it would just be another bullpen option for them because they're playing matchups back there. More recently, they've been leaning on McGuff in high-leverage situations, which has worked out for everybody. But... They still are kind of in the game of playing matchups, and that's another you know really strong option to have. Uh, I I don't know if that would get it done just because you're having a guy who's proving it at the major league level versus somebody who's hitting AAA pitching in the PCL really really well. So they should ask for a Thomas or a McCarthy. You're saying not necessarily that high, but it, it might cost a, a little bit more. Canzone's uh, good, but Fletcher. I don't know. Or are you talking Canzone plus? Plus, probably, probably plus. But yeah. uh, even then, it's, it's hard. To, it's so hard to gauge like who would be available and who they want to trade and all that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's a good target to have. I'm not entirely sold how willing the Yankees would be to move off of him, yeah. even if it fixes like even a short term fix in the outfield. Because I mean, they're going to get judged back eventually. Yeah, I guess so. That's, no, that's fair. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how just willing that would be, but I think that's you know. It's reasonable to want him. He's been very good. Totally. Bear, next idea. My last one here, I'm going to go with the bullpen as well. And I know, Steve, you're not going to like this one. Um, <laughs> good start. To the Royals, Aroldis Chapman. Um, and again, we know the Diamondbacks don't really like the closer title right now. I don't know if it's that. It or just they just don't like really don't have, have a guy that, that yeah. would do that. But, I mean, I guess you would if you got a role as Chapman. I don't know if they would put him in a role like that or not, but he's obviously, he he was one of the top closers in MLB in his prime, but uh, he's with the Royals this year, um, having a bounce back year, honestly. He's 3-2, and two, the 2 five, four ERA. He's not, the, he's not being used in the ninth inning. He's only got two saves. I believe Scott Barlow is the closer. Also, maybe a trade candidate for the Diamondbacks there if they want him. One point two seven ERA, but the 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 number that really caught my eye when when doing some research on Aroldis Chapman was his fastball seems to be up 
a couple notches this year. In 2022, his fastball averaged 97.7 miles per hour. This year, 99.7 miles per hour. So his fastball is up two miles per hour on average this season. And uh, he's hit a, he's hit over triple digits a few times in some highlights I've seen. I mean, he's age 35 now. This would be a complete rental. He's, got, he's a free agent. He's older. Um, I think you could probably get him for maybe a low-level prospect and some cash maybe. Um Maybe a couple prospects here and there. I don't know, but he is probably going to be a top, uh, a hot commodity for a lot of teams looking for bullpen help. But so I'm not sure exactly what it'll take to get him. But I know Steve, you hate this idea because you don't <laughs> like him as a person. That's fine. I don't know I, him as a person. Per, well, you know, like we kind of know some things. So we kind of know, we know some that things. he's not necessarily the greatest dude. Yeah. So I don't know if 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 they're gonna you know. Uh, think about maybe how he would fit in maybe that's not an option i'm not sure so but just in terms of baseball i would be all for it if it doesn't cost too much um just you know you get that flame throwing left-hander in the back end of their bullpen and now with joe mantiply being sent down to reno i mean they do still have two lefties with kyle nelson and andrew chafin but they've gone with three lefties the whole year so uh i think that would he would slide into the bullpen pretty nicely yeah, my my two things against him were one, I don't think he's a good dude, and therefore I don't want him in the clubhouse with all these young impressionable guys. I respect that. Um, but my second point that I was going to make was too many lefties. I mean, but that was when I assumed they had Mantiply, and now that he's in the minor leagues, I still think Mantiply will be back. I think that more likely he's just down right if, now because they move relievers around. If he takes the path around. that every other player they send down to Reno does, I mean, they've mostly been hit, been hitters. Sure. But, so we're not sure how the He'll pitching come will back. go. The but... Reno-Nevada uh, Rehabilitation Center Right, exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But other than that, I mean, We re-teach you how to be a major leaguer. Everything you said about Chapman from a baseball perspective, I agree with. So I'm not saying it's a bad trade idea, and I think you could get him for a reasonable price. He's got a great track record. He seems to be revitalized this season. I like him for all those reasons i just i don't know i don't know where i got these morals from all of a sudden but i can't yeah, bring myself it's a good goody two shoes i can't there. bring myself to put chapman a guy that i know to be a not great dude into this clubhouse that's very impressionable is that fair alex because <laughs> they're young and impressionable yeah, yeah. They would, they would, they would <laughs> they're young do, kids i don't want him poisoning all of our, our young future dudes. they would have to do some serious due diligence in that and i, I would trust them to do that um yeah, not sure what that would look like as far as talking to people, interviewing, just seeing what that would look like. I'm, it would be a rental. It's not like Chapman's coming to reset your culture or anything. True. But, He'd be here for a couple months. Uh, That's it. On the field, yeah, it's kind of wild looking at what he's been doing this year just because it felt like it's kind of the end of the run for him yeah, as it far just, as an elite It just felt like pitcher. he randomly like showed up in Kansas City because that's the only team that wanted him. And All right. I got to pitch somewhere. The sinker's up over 101 yeah. on average. Yeah. And so uh, the stuff's been great. The peripherals are all been great. The walk rate's a little high, but the strikeout rate's at 42.9%, which is nuts. So 51 strikeouts in 28 and a third innings. He's he's missing every bat. It's 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 really just a control thing, and so far it hasn't impacted the runs he's been giving up. So, yeah, I mean, on the field, it seems like a really interesting fit. They could play the matchups a little bit in the ninth inning. Go McGuff. You know, they're facing three of the best right-handed hitters in the opposing lineup. Go with McGuff. Facing, you know, Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go with Araldis Chapman. So, yeah. uh, it's 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 an enticing one for sure. The, again, Price, we'll see. Uh, you know, he's going to be one of the most coveted relievers on the market, I would guess, just based on the production versus the team that he's on being one of the obvious sellers so far. So I'm curious if he is also going to be like an early trade candidate, but I'm not sure how long the Royals want to hold on to him to maybe up his value. That's true. All right, Alex, give us your last trade proposal. I have uh, Alex Lang from... Uh, is that the, how you pronounce his last name? The Lange? I That's don't what know. I was trying to figure out. I honestly didn't know. <laughs> I've watched tape, but I haven't actually. I don't watch watched a lot him. of Detroit guys. So. But anyway, uh, Alex Lange is the closer for the Detroit Tigers, and he's having a really awesome season after last year having a very good season. Uh, he's got 12 saves so far, I want to say. Uh, so he's a guy with some closer experience, but he's not somebody who necessarily are going to just hand the closer role to. He'd be another guy you throw into the mix there. Uh, again, some really good stuff. The The curveball is what kind of jumps off of the page when you watch him. But he's got a mid-90s fastball. He 
again, has been really consistent over the last couple of years, even for a not great Tigers team. And the strikeouts per nine innings, up over 11.5 in each of the past two seasons. Mrs. Batsy doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. He's got great stuff. Uh, I'm curious what his market's going to be, because unlike Chapman, he's not a big name, but he's been very effective the last couple of years for a team that could be seen as a seller. Uh, I mean, 10 games under 500, they're getting outscored by 75 runs. I know they're four games back, but come on. So, uh, that, that's again, he's a right-handed relief pitcher, so I know that with Manaplay going down, they have a bunch of righties. but And he's under team control until 2027. So he would be a guy that you add to your bullpen for the foreseeable future, not just for this year. Yeah, the four and a half years of control is excellent. We all would agree on that. He dominates righties, which I love. My one thing while looking at him that I don't love is he's been really good in Detroit and really bad on the road. (laughs) And if you trade for this guy, he's going to be playing every game outside of Detroit. So how does he adapt to playing home games in a place that he's unfamiliar with? I, I don't know that that would necessarily continue. You have no way of knowing that. But that's the one where I look at it and I'm like, why is he so different on the road? He's going to be playing if if the if this you know in the hypothetical world where this happens, right? He will have the Diamondbacks defense behind him true. and not the Tigers defense. Behind <laughs> <him>. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I guess FIP, that's a good point. Not this year is three ten. His FIP is three ten. It's you know it's a three sixty nine ERA. So clearly the backup numbers are like this guy with a better defense would benefit greatly. Yeah, I think you would probably be right about that. America is not the easiest place to play defense either. Yeah, true. Neither is Chase Field, but they have guys capable of doing that. Any last thoughts on the reliever we can't pronounce? <laughs> it would, you know, it would just be nice to have an established reliever here that would be here for more than one season. Um, I'll yeah. say that. How often do they reset the bullpen? Every year. I feel like it's almost every year they reset the ball. Uh, besides guys that are like, you know, they've had since they were minor leaguers, like Kevin Ginkle is all. Is, Kevin Ginkle's been here for like 10,000 years. Have a good year? Yeah. And he's having a good year. 10,000 years. It's wow. a long time, right? Um, but yeah, like guys like. Guys like Miguel Castro and, you know, Chafin's been gone and back now and he's probably he's i think he's on a two-year deal but you know castro and you know the the older relievers that they usually bring in to round out their bullpen it would be a nice refreshing uh you know breath of fresh air to have someone under control in the bullpen for a while and and if he's a closer awesome that would even be better yeah here's my last idea it's also a reliever we talked about the cardinals earlier so i'll go back to them i know what Uh, you're saying and i like it jordan hicks i like it Jordan Hicks is a flamethrowing right-handed pitcher. In a lot of ways, he's the right-handed version of Aroldis Chapman, just without the track record of being a dominant closer in the game. He's a little erratic at times. He's got a walk issue, but he throws hard. And what was the one thing Brent Strom told Tori Lovello in the offseason we needed to add? Juice. Juice. So I think that this could be a gettable guy. Uh, If I'm remembering right, he's a rental, so he wouldn't cost as much. Um, he's been throwing incredible gas this season, so he's still got it. I think that the Cardinals, if they're looking to build their bullpen for the future, they're probably more likely to stick with Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley, uh, Cabrera. They've got a bunch of dudes in St. Louis, so I don't think that they would miss Jordan Hicks. And as electric as his stuff is, I think that they might be tired of the experiment of trying to hone him in, and they might be willing to let somebody else take a stab at that. Strami School for Rehabilitation of Relief Pitchers. There it is. We have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of rehab places. Yeah, we have a lot of rehab going on. Yeah, he's he's an unrestricted free agent next year. With the Cardinals being as horrendous as they've been this season, and, and with how much they've leaned into contracts like Arenado and Goldschmidt, I know it's not much to move off of a reliever. It's not going to save them a ton of salary space or whatever, but I do feel like that's one of those players that they could end up moving. It's somebody I think that the Diamondbacks could get at a reasonable cost, maybe even cheaper than Chapman. Probably cheaper than Chapman. Mm. Maybe because of age, I'm not sure if that would... Maybe. Chapman's I mean, got the track record, and I think that counts for something. He's been better this year than Hicks, too. So yeah, That's true. I think the fact that he's unrestricted free agent at the end of the year is... I know he's younger, but they're both they'd both be, you know, rentals. So I don't know. But But he's somebody you bring in the building as and if it goes well, somebody yeah, you could, could renegotiate. You can, yeah, you could bring him back. Yeah. The thing is you'd probably have to send him. You're not pitching bringing Chapman back. back. <laughs> You're probably not bringing him back at thirty six or whatever he'd be. You'd next probably year. have to send pitching back to the Cardinals because the Cardinals have a plethora of position players. Yeah. They're just they're just loaded with position players. That they're play just all every, underperforming. And they all play everywhere and yeah. every position. So they don't have a ton of needs outside of all the pitching. 
Yeah, their pitching has not been good this year. Adam Wainwright's been bad. Jack Flaherty has been he's had a couple moments, he's but he's been mostly not great. Uh Jordan Montgomery has been decent. Um but yeah, it's, it's just the car I don't know what happened with the Cardinals, man. It's just they fell apart. Yeah, this just hasn't worked out. Uh, there's, they have a couple really like Giovanni like a, Gallegos too might be a guy that could be traded. We need like a podcast series to kind of figure out what's gone wrong with the Cardinals. But <laughs> tune um, in next week. 30, Hicks, thirty for thirty. Hicks <laughs> is very enticing. I mean, just because I mean, if you look at the stuff, it's it's a fantastic. There was it's electric. I think there was a was it a two seamer that he threw, or maybe no, it was a sinker he threw in the London series yes. that just. Darted into a right-handed hitter, and he's done it a couple of times. At like one hundred three, one hundred four, yeah, three. Yeah, was, it's how are you? It's you insane can't how he that. throws. You can't hit that on his baseball savant page. It you know under like uh, what is it velocity or whatever it is. Yeah. It says one hundred. I didn't know that the the baseball savant page went to one hundred. Yeah. I've never seen a player should, that's like he is definitively the hardest thrower in baseball. Probably it's, be it's a over good indication that. of what you see when you watch him pitch. It's, yeah. The whiff rate incredibly high. The yep. barrel rate incredibly, or like the you know his barrel percentage incredibly high where you want it to be. He doesn't get hit hard a ton. Yeah, everything is great. And then you go to the walk rate and the chase rate, and it's just like that's where yeah. you need to hone him in a little bit. Because if he's throwing strikes or if he's getting swings and misses, he's it's really hard. To I hit. think he, I think he's at like six walks per nine or something like that this season, or at least he was when I wrote the it's part a, for the it's article. It's a fourteen percent walk rate, which is in the bottom five percentage of the league. Yeah, not great. <laughs> He's got good stuff. Better than Chapman. Uh, final thoughts on all of our trade proposals. I think they were all pretty reasonable. They should just do them all. I mean, yeah, they should okay. just get all these guys, right? If that works. one of these happens, it will be, like, Granky. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If one of them happens, it'll be Granky. Well, we did we did it's, this exercise last year. I don't remember any of them coming to pass. No, I think it's going to be really, really hard to like guess trades in the oh, current it's environment. So hard, it's yeah. going to be really, really difficult. Especially because be Hazen, Hazen comes up with stuff that we're like, that was even an option? Like, yeah, Gallon like, for year, Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, like, they did that in the same year that <laughs> they, they sold Granke. off Zach Granke. Right, And exactly. we were like, wait, did they just buy and sell? Yep. And also get rid of their top prospect in the Hayes same time? Mike like, first what? year, he got J.D. Martinez for two, I can't even remember the two prospects. Or Sergio Alcantara, who came back yeah, yeah. last year. Yeah. And then there was somebody else in that deal. I don't remember who the I second person was. was. I always think it's Isan Diaz, but it wasn't, I don't think. No, that was a different trade. That yeah, was, was the Milwaukee, or yeah, Milwaukee, I think. Gene Segura. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But, All right, yeah. anyway, so there's our trade ideas. Mike Hazen's uh, a wizard, and he'll come up with something. Hopefully somebody in the front <laughs> office is reading and or listening to the podcast, uh, and they get some good ideas. Um, I did want to say before we get going, um, today is also going to be the last podcast of one Cody Fincher with us on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Oh, you're, kicking, you're kicking me off? Cool. <laughs> I'm off yeah. the island. I'm Sorry, off the man. island. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> um, the good news is you are taking an awesome job. That's not at Arizona Sports. You've been here how long? Seven, oh, seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what, over a quarter of your life? I, like, if you count interning here, eight years. There you go. Because I interned for two semesters. Um, we've done a lot of podcast episodes together. You and I, you, me, and Derek, you, me, and Alex. I yeah. mean, we've done a lot of iterations of this podcast, yeah. and you've been here for a ton of them. So I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited for you and your family for the new opportunity. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. And uh, and just, I love you, man. Love you too. Appreciate that. And I made a montage. What? Yeah. I, I get a montage? You, I made a montage. Yes. Because you told me not to, so I did. Okay. Well, actually, you told no, me. I think I told you to make one. You but... were like, did you make a montage? And <laughs> Is I said, it ready yet? Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I think the exact words were, did you make a montage? And I said, I can't disclose that. And you went, you didn't do it. <laughs> and you got all sad. And so I made this montage. Okay, hit play. If you leave it now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. Well, that kid needs to learn that life isn't fair. I'm impatient. It's obvious. Hey, look at I'm doing good things. Look what I did. Dumb. I just offered you a blank check, you idiot. He hits a lot of dingers. Big boy dingers. I have a I'm freaking gray hair. How could we end it all? 
He's that um, pissed off. Yay. We're going to do some damage. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner feels like he could be my grandpa. We want, we want beer. beer. We want beer. Now. When do we want it? Now. Big boy dingers. <laughs> uh, I want to know the, co- I don't know the context of any of those comments. Neither I do making. I. I, I How do you have those? I sifted through hundreds of oh episodes that you were a part of. You put so much work into and that. And pulled the things you were the most furious about. Um, <laughs> just those were some of the saw pieces. saw the spikes in the audio and went right to them. Yeah, pretty much. No, that's... that's that was my whole, bingo. That's that my whole style. Yeah, that's exactly. my whole style. I was like, where did he get Peak the loudest? Peak the audio. Peak uh, it. Cody's resume. You started on the podcast in September of 2018, I think it was, that you started doing the show with me and Derek at that time. Uh, we've done hundreds of episodes, Some, most of them in studio, some of them from home, yeah. even during COVID. Uh, right. You have almost 70,000 downloads as a podcast host. <laughs> just me. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for you've listening worked to Just Me. directly with Al McCoy, Greg Schulte, Dave Pash, Tim Healy, all the best broadcasters in town you've worked with directly. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of people who can say that. You've produced a daytime talk show. You've worked on literally every show on this radio station. And I think that you're one of the unsung heroes of uh, broadcasting. Well, that's nice. So, Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do, man. I'll miss you guys. Yeah, I'm going to miss you too, man. I'll miss the podcast. I'm gonna Keep gonna... going strong, boys. Yeah. Oh, we will. Alex and I are going to do the podcast still. I'm never leaving. I've, yeah, I'm you're here probably forever. Probably never yeah, going to leave. Yeah. Just destined to do this for the rest of my life. So uh, we're going to miss you. We love you. Good luck to you uh, with the Cardinals, and we'll see you at training camp. Sounds good. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Hey, thanks for uh, checking out the podcast this week. Uh, It is the Ain't No Fang podcast. We'll be back next week. Alex and I talk more baseball then. For our good friend Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.